I'd like for you this morning to turn to the uh, 16th chapter of the book of Luke. The 16th chapter of the book of Luke. And uh, beginning with the 19th verse. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in the flame, in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they should also come unto this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now, if you want to give a title to this, it could be in the form of a question. Where are the dead? Where are the dead? You probably have heard a lot of sermons on this in the time past. I remember talking to a preacher, gospel preacher, who is dead now. And he wrote a 
of track on this, which I think is is not the truth. I think it's uh, in error because it didn't really bring it out. And I said something to him, and he said, well, I wrote that when I was young. And he said, let me give you some advice. Uh, don't ever write anything before you're 50 years old because said if you do, you'll spend the rest of your life uh, taking it back. But nevertheless, there have been other preachers who have preached and they have preached on this and they may have changed their views on this particular chapter. I think there's a lot of people in the church that need to be enlightened about this great message. Now, an observation of this passage is that it was during the time of the Old Testament. It was during the time of Christ. And Christ did not teach error. He taught the truth. And he told it just like it is and like it was. But he also came that he might change the state of the dead. That's the very purpose of his coming. When he asked Peter who he was, Peter said, well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Thou art, you're right. He said, flesh and blood, I'll not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he said, upon this great confession that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church. Now that means his body. There's too many passages in the New Testament that teaches the church is his body. That means his kingdom. That means his house. And he said the gates of the unseen world is not going to keep you from doing it. Not going to prevail against it. And he did. He went into the grave. And he arose again. And I want you to turn with me to Hebrews, the second chapter. It's important that you turn to that chapter and see just what Jesus did. In fact, he told Peter, he said, Peter, I'm going to be delivered up and I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified. And Peter said, Lord, you're not going to, that's not going to happen to you. He said, get thee behind me safe. He told about his death. And that was when he was going to build his church. He said, now the, the gates of the unseen world are not going to keep me from doing this. And remember, the rich man was in the unseen world. He was in hell. Now remember that also that, the, that Lazarus was in an unseen world. And he was in Abraham's bosom. But Jesus came to change the unseen world. The unseen world, there is a place of paradise and there's a place of punishment. That's very clear in many Bible teachings. But at Hebrews 2, I want you to turn to the second chapter. And the seventh verse said, Thou, thou madest him a little lower than the angels, that's Jesus Christ. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. This is talking about man, but it's primarily talking about Jesus when he came as man to deliver us. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but we 
see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. What for? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's made us kings and priests. That he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And we look at that. What are we talking about? We're talking about where are the dead? What were we talking about? We're talking about Luke, the 16th chapter, where there are two people that died. One went to Abraham's bosom, the other went to Tarmine. Now, that was in the days of Christ, and that was in the days when the Old Testament was in force. And it's an accurate picture of it at that time. But what did Christ come to do? He came that he might taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory. Where is that? That's the reign with him. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He came to give his body. His body is his church. His body is the kingdom. His body was given at the event of the cross for your forgiveness of sins. But your body, his body is where we today long to be and long to remain. Look at the 11th verse. For both he that sanctifies, that's Christ, and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto thy brethren, to my brethren, and in the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. What did he came? Come to do. The next verse is going to tell us. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. Why? Purpose that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He died. He did something when he went to the grave. He destroyed the devil. And look what he did, the 15th verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Well, whom did he deliver? He delivered everyone from the Adam that had ever lived down to the present time. He died for their sins. He took not on himself the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham that he might, that he might uh, deliver us. And that's where old Abraham was. He was there in that unseen world, and, and he was ready for this deliverance. And that, uh, Lazarus was there with him. They weren't delivered yet, not when Christ was teaching this. But he did deliver him because he took on the same nature as Abraham. And look at number 17. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or to forgive 
are to cleanse those that are tempted. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And this gives us another picture of where the dead. Where are the dead? What happened? I want you to look at the Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and, and, uh, and the, the eighth verse. Wherefore he saith, when he hath ascended up on high, that's when he went to the right hand of God, that's when he had died and was buried and was raised again, he led captivity captive. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it just simply means what it says there. There were people who were captured by whom? By the devil. They hadn't been delivered, but Hebrews 2 said he delivered them. He delivered the people in the unseen world. And he delivered those people who were in captivity. And he gave gifts at the same time he delivered those people that had been in captivity because of death, hadn't been paid. He gave gifts to people and they began to preach and teach and teach people that Christ is on the throne. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first in the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. In Revelation, we read at communion that he came back and said, John, I'm the one that was dead. I'm alive forevermore. And we saw where he walked through the churches and said, I know your works and I know your good points and I know your bad points. He's alive. He has delivered us. And look at what the 11th verse, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, of the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Because we've been raised from the dead. When we were baptized, we were raised from the dead. We were raised with Christ. We were given Christ. We were given in spirit. We were fortified against the devil's hell. We're delivered. In Colossians 1.13, in whom you've been delivered from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. Now, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our, our job today is to live like Christ and to let Christ live in us. And you don't have to worry about death. You just have to know that when you, you do die, that Christ has paved the way and that he has prepared a way. And he said in the 14th word, Don't be tossed about to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deserve. Just speak the truth in love. Now, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians, the... 12th chapter. Now, what we really believe that Paul is defending his apostleship and he's talking about the time that he was <clears throat> no doubt stoned in Lystra and left for dead. 
But people were questioning whether he was the kind of apostle that he should be. Now, what I'm doing is showing you that Jesus changed this state. He changed it, paradise, from one place to another. I don't know where it is, but it's, it's, it's at the right hand of God. Now, he hasn't changed it to where the evil and the wicked won't be punished because Peter gives us an insight to that. But you're not going to have to blame anybody but yourself if you stay in that place. Where are the dead? Listen to this. It is not expedient for me, a doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ, in Christ about 14 years ago. This has to be Paul. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows such an one was caught up to the third heaven. Where is that, Paul? Well, it's paradise. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows how that he was caught up into paradise. Now, Paul was caught up into paradise. But you know, you've heard his sermons on, well, well, he went to paradise. Rich man went to paradise. Well, sure he did. Jesus said he did. And he lifted up his, uh, his eyes. And he spoke to this old rich man, and he said, I'll tell you, you can't come to me, and, and I can't send Lazarus to you. But now where do we find it? We find it in the third heaven. And he said, I heard unspeakable word, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Now, Paul had learned a secret. He had learned a secret that there was, that there was, the paradise had been changed. It was for those who were in the Lord. But God wouldn't let him, Jesus wouldn't let him tell a lot of things that he saw. I don't know why. We'll find out when we get to heaven. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. I'm not going to preach any other gospel. I'm not going to give you any other clue. The gospel of Christ is enough. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. He can't tell you what happened. He can't tell you what he said. Because he's got to stay on the course and preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to deliver us from Satan and every living creature. And that he already went to the unseen world and all those people that Satan had that had believed in the Messiah and was coming and, and walked with God, they were delivered. And there have the benefit of it also. He said, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above. You imagine old Paul learning all about this and couldn't tell it. He just had to preach the gospel. He says, For this thing I sought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace, my grace is my gospel. The message that I was the one spoken of in the Old Testament. The message of all the prophets, priests, and kings that had taught that I would deliver man from the clutches of old Satan is all that's needed. 
and that man is forgiven and that he's saved by grace through his faith. And not of himself, but it's the great gift and pleasure of God to save him when he puts his trust in him and he gets into Christ. Christ is the body. Christ is the church. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I want you to turn to... to uh, Acts, the seventh chapter. Old Paul was blind as a bat to all this stuff when, he, when this happened. He was holding the, the coat of old uh, Stevens, of the ones that stoned Stevens. And he thought Stevens was a, was a person who, who needed to be killed. And he sanctioned his death. But I want you to look at the, what happens in heaven. Jesus had come, and Jesus had delivered man from the devil, from bondage. And Stephen was one of the ones that the seventh chapter is one of the most brief, concise history of the Jewish race. And Christ is at the forefront of all of it. And he said at the end of his sermon, he says, you stiff-necked in the 51st verse, and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and the murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it? You were the people God trusted, when they heard these things, they were cut to their hearts, and they gnashed on him and their teeth with their teeth. And he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly. I want you to look at this. Where are the dead? Where are the dead? I know where Stephen's going to be in just a few minutes. Into heaven. I know where Paul said he's caught up in the third heaven and he said that was paradise. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open. And I see the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And he'd been baptized into him. He'd put him on. He was in his body. He was washed in his blood. He was severed from old Satan. He was delivered from Satan. He was in Christ. Christ has been the only one that's ever been raised, and he's there. In Christ, body can't be confined to temples made with hands. Space doesn't even know anything about. He doesn't know about space. But Christ is the God that we worship. He's the Son that delivered us. He's the one whose blood has washed us from free from our sins. And he, was, he saw him standing on the right hand of God. Then he cried with a loud voice. They did, and they stopped their ears in you know, one accord, and they cast him out of the city. And they uh, witnessed that, and there it was, it said, he cast out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Saul had this experience. 
of seeing a Christian, and he recalled Stephen's. He said, he, he said, I'm not even worthy to be called a Christian because he said, I persecuted the church. But he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And Christ delivered me, and he took an old stubborn Jew who had done this, and through me I preached both to the Jews and the Gentile deliverance from the devil. And they stoned Stephen's calling on the name of the Lord. And this is what he said. Where are the dead? In heaven. That's easy to see. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Where's his body? In the, on the earth. Where's his body? It's dead. Well, where's Stephen? He's in heaven. That's his spirit. The body's nothing. But the house in which we live. He lived kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he felt, I want you to turn to one more passage. Or to one more passage. That's in Philippians. And this is to Paul. This is Paul telling us that our position in Christ is what frees us from the difficulties that we have here upon this earth. He was, having, he was having a lot of trouble. You know, look at number 21, verse 21. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Oh, I thought you was going to go to the unseen world, Paul, and sleep there until Christ comes back. That's not what he said. Not at all. We read that into it, don't we? If I live in the flesh, this is my fruit of my labor. Yet what I choose, I do not know. For I am in a strait betwixt the two, having a desire to depart. And where are you going to be, Paul, when you depart? I'm going to be at Christ. When you depart, what will that mean? I'll be dead. Where will you be, Paul? Where will the dead be? I'm talking about the dead, the spirit that's alive. But he's referred to as the dead because the body without the spirit is dead. Well, where's the Spirit? He said, I'm going to be with Christ. I'm going to be with Christ. See, Paul had had this experience over here in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And he said, I was caught up into the third heaven. And I was caught up into paradise. And I was told some things that I can't even tell. I didn't, couldn't tell you whether I was in the body or out of the body. But he said, the Lord said, my gospel is, is sufficient. I can't let you tell you anything else. So you'll be exalted above revelation, uh, above the others. And this is a story that's been told from the old covenant, from Genesis and down to Revelation, that Jesus is the deliverer, and he's delivered us from death. And when you think about that chapter 16 in Luke, you think about the condition of man when we were under the Old Testament. Yeah, when we died... When they died then, they went to Abraham's bosom. Where was that? That was paradise for those who had faith in God. Well, what happened when Christ died? Why, well, he said, uh, uh, gates of hell is not going to keep me from getting my people. Ephesians 4 said, I'm going to go in there and lead captive those people that are captured. I'm going to take them and deliver them. And he did. 
And we could go into Romans and show you that the sins of people from Adam on down, that he died for all of those. He died for all the sins of people who would believe in him and had shown their faith. Now today, when we ask you to give yourself to Christ, it's give yourself to holiness and to his body. You're not going to be a member of a denomination. You're just going to be a member of Christ's body. You don't have to go through a priest or some intermediary here on the earth or some denomination. You just come to Jesus. He's the one that delivered you. And he gave you access to his blood. And when you acknowledge him, you don't, you're not a slave to anybody. You're a, only a slave to Christ. And he's calling people. And we're, we're to take this gospel. This is the good news. We're to take it to every creature. And I'll tell you, when people understand the eternal life in Christ Jesus, they, they'll give their life for it. Now, if you haven't believed in Christ as a deliverer and as a Messiah, what you need to do is just say, you know, I believe that, and I believe he's the Savior of the world. I want to confess that. And then you just turn away from your way of doing things and let him cleanse you. And that's called repentance and, and baptism into his death, burial, and resurrection. He pictured his own death, burial, and resurrection because that's where he went to deliver man from the Satan. And the event at the cross is the great event that gives us deliverance. And when you come down and confess Christ and you want to be buried with him in baptism, you're reenacting that event. And Christ will be with you. He'll walk with you. He's promised to be with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Now, if, if you're out of duty, you haven't lived faithful, you need to get in Christ. And what you do, it, old Simon was that kind of person. He believed in himself, was baptized, but then he sinned because he wanted to buy that power on whomsoever he laid his hand. He could get money out of it. And Peter said, you've got to repent. And he repented, and he said, you pray. Perhaps the thought of this heart, this, uh, my thoughts of my heart will be forgiven me. And that, that's, that's to the person who's been in Christ, but he's gotten away from him. Brethren, success is in Jesus Christ and in his way of life. We need to wrap ourselves with his being. And we need to depend upon his spirit for our life and our being able to touch other people. Come, if you're subject to the call, as we stand together and sing.